Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women, non-conformers and non-believers, gender X and gender equals, welcome to episode 12, season 3 of Eat the Storms, the poetry podcast. Now on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google, Breaker, Podbean, Player FM, Radio Public, CastBox, PocketCast, Overcast and even iTunes. My name is Damien B. Donnelly and I'm the host and producer of this show and I'm delighted that you are joining us here today, tonight or tomorrow or whenever it is that you've tuned into this episode where I will be joined by five more incredible poets sharing their individuality, creativity and their poetry. To start off today's show, I'm going to share with you an emphastic poem, which is from my Stickleback micro collection called Considering Canvases with Boys, published last January by the Hedgehog Poetry Press. This was a mini collection of five poems inspired by five paintings I had seen in five different galleries in five different cities with five different boys. It all considers the relationship of colour and canvas and the strength of connection of both the brushstroke and the boy. This first poem was inspired by Vincent van Gogh's sunflowers, which were unmissable during my 10 years living in the canals of Amsterdam. But this painting was inspired by frequent visits to his sunflowers, which were on view at the National Gallery in London, right by the non-stop traffic of Trafalgar Square. This first poem is called Van Gogh Visions. Sometimes I stopped by to sit and wonder how you didn't change while I clung to the edge of a seat to keep myself within the skin I was shedding like those petals hanging onto your brushstrokes though they never met the finality of their fate. Octopus-like tentacles Vaulting from vase, too heavy to be held upright, sagging as I did. When I came in, when I came to that seat with the city rushing in after, up those tourist-trodden steps, panting through the wooden doors, Shaking off the sweat and spit of the dull streets within this space where time had stopped. Colour. Considered on canvas. Sharpened blends of rounded pigments popping on wind-swept, weather-worn, heavy heads. Petals already peeled back to their pips, as if missing things, like companions, connections, the right to be seen, an ear to be heard. Dutchman, drawing dying flowers in France, choking at the dinner table and failing at everything in life, even at life. But for the canvas and its ageing yellows burning into ochre, orange-coloured kisses and eager green stems holding hundreds of seeds, holding hope, resurrection, introspection, 
bright mornings of soft butter caught in hayfields before the crows came to London too. Heavy strokes of paint radiating like halos to fill the hole left after all the lights went out, after all the feet continued up and over our bodies lying in the field. First up on the show today, we have the latest poet who had their pamphlet published by Nine Pence Press. A Merseyside poet, writer and digital marketeer now living in Chester. On the 3rd of October at 7.30 on Zoom, you can see and hear him reading from his pamphlet Waldamsenkeit, coming from two German words, Wald, coming from forest, and Amsenkeit, coming from solitude. But thankfully, today we get a preview of some of those poems. He has already had work published in various places, including 192, Independent Variable, Bloom, and is the co-editor and host of In the Red, the poetry open mic night at Liverpool John Moores University. Last year, another poet of the same name but different nationality was on the podcast, and I mistakenly tagged this next guest on a Twitter post advertising the show, which is how we were accidentally introduced. So today, I am delighted to welcome the second exceptionally talented Liam Porter to the podcast. Hi everybody, my name is Liam Porter. I'm here today to read a couple of poems from my new pamphlet, uh, Due with Nine Pens, in September of this year, 2021. Uh, the pamphlet is titled Waldeinsamkeit, which is a German word which loosely translates as the feeling of being alone in the woods. I'm actually the second Liam Porter to be on the show, so please don't confuse me uh, as Damien may have done uh, with the original uh, Liam Porter, who was on season one, a much finer poet than I. Um, but here goes. I'll start reading with the title poem, Valdine Samkite. There is no map to this forest... Yet you stand at its edge, whisper your way past nettle bush, hemlock, silver birch, into a silence thick and loud, a pressure that builds like leaf bed. There are dens here, skeletal and rotten, all ash and cut root, cicatrix upon the skin of beech and oak, and yet this does not warn you off, rather welcomes you in. For there must have been heat here, the dancing of wildfire. Read these clues and continue. Hear whispers slip through the canopy. Single strings of sunrise hinting that this shadowed woodland could soon turn to glade. Where for once the dark won't draw in. And the clarity of light won't be too much or too soon. Where at your feet the beaten path opens up into foxglove, honeysuckle, bluebell. 
The second poem I'm going to read is the opening poem to the pamphlet, which is titled Nightfall at the Jetty. And it has an epigraph, which reads for Wendell Berry, as this is a poem that is in response and in praise of uh, one of my most favourite poets. Uh, so thank you, Wendell Berry. And this is Nightfall at the Jetty. I come not for answers, nor am I foreshadowed by grief. I am here simply to listen to the river song and robin. Strange how they hide when granted no thought. How they wait for the gap in the wood pigeon's call. Like the gap between heartbeats when man's presence is no more. And in whose absence the world lifts into applause. Splash of mallard, whisper of oak. And in the moment before return, a ghost white owl cutting the purple dusk in two. The next poem I'm going to read is called A Blessing. And the title actually runs in to the poem. So the title is arguably the first line of the poem. A blessing to sit aside the jetty in the later days of an English spring. The River Dee dreaming past, splash of ore, Africa by Toto playing from the Bluetooth speaker of drunken youths who idle by in a blow-up canoe as an older man with canvas and easel paints the Georgian houses atop the bank. I wait for Jay. It has been three months. Long weeks of sight contained within square of white wall and bright screen. But here the eye stretches as far as it please and scanning the vast expanse of a world resumed. The wait is over for she appears, bright smile, hair curled in the heat, a bottle of red in her hand. And the final poem I'm going to read is titled Portrait of Mountain as Therapist. Snowden, all grey, cloud covered, right up to the final hundred metres, where I break through and a sea of cotton wool, slow floating at my feet, spreads to the sky's horizon. Here all is blue and sunshine, Silence, the clearest it has ever been. Different to other types of quiet, say that of a forest or the end of an argument. Different to down there, gas stations pumping smoke, workers click clacking at reports, wrong lovers tangled beneath sheets. That never ending spin of earth Yes, different, because over there, the peaks of Egon and Crib Gok, their red ridge summits rising to join me. How long they must have climbed, how many lessons on their way up, to this other world of sunlight, where air is thin yet easier to breathe, where a buzzard soars above the cloud and the moon is white and full, alone in this bed, of blue.
Thank you very much, everybody. It's been a pleasure. My next guest on today's show, we are heading across the Atlantic Ocean to Detroit in the United States for the queer winner of Outright's 2020 chapbook competition for her own chapbook, Strange Furniture, published by Neon Hemlock Press. Currently, she is the managing editor at the Incredible Baron magazine, which very kindly published a poem of mine way back in one of their early issues, and is also the member of the MMP or Collective. She is a best of the net finalist a finalist in the Glass Chapbook series and also a finalist in the Button Poetry Chapbook Contest. Today, she is here to share some bloody brilliant poems from her debut full-length collection. Good morning to everyone except men who named their dog Zeus. How bloody fantastic is that name for a collection? This is on Eat the Storms for the very first time, the poetry powerhouse that is Lainey Stabile. Hi, my name is Lanny Stabile, and I'll be reading from Good Morning to Everyone Except Men Who Named Their Dogs Zeus, which was published this June with Cephalo Press. Good Morning to Everyone Except Men Who Named Their Dogs Zeus is a poetry collection that challenges Greek mythology, sexual assault, and men obsessed with powerful men. The first poem is called Leda. If you've ever seen swans fuck, you'd know it's a folded napkin in a dither, while a second lays flat, soiled, praying for dinner to end. The male tops the female in a freshwater body. She must float them both. She is submerged, beak beneath the ripples, lost to the jaw around her noose-length neck. The deed lasts eight seconds. After, he glides to the edge of the pond, distancing himself from her while she honks, reaching back, trying also to rid herself of him. Zeus appeared to Leda as a swan, then raped her. This next poem is entitled, I Can't Talk About It. My gut that vengeful city of insomniacs swaps tales of trauma with the loose twilight. Terrified of optimistic things like the sun, it drowns my sealed lips in caffeine. I survive on muddy irrigation and anxiety, hollowed and hungry, nibbling on fingertips that stretch for perfect words and refuse to let anyone within spitting distance of this soft underbelly. My tongue, that talented freight train, has been known to tap out the rhythm to anything goes. But when anything went, everything went, and I am going anywhere and everywhere. Are you following? I can't talk about it. It's like a scream that keeps getting caught in my throat, but the scream is a pair of men's hands and his cufflinks snagged my vocal cords, just like his fingers snagged my closed eyes, dragging me from a piece I will never have again. My mouth, that deceitful poet, spoke forgiveness, 
but how can I forgive my skin collapsing in on itself? My bones drop away even as I stand here. And the only thing I can do to stay together is shove myself into pockets of an oversized sense of loss because I swallowed his apology and his three paintings of a single taupe flower as if jeering at the femininity he stripped from me. As if he knew this was the fifth time my body has been deadened in this way. My womanhood, that lost and weakened wheel squeaks, even as I weep to keep things moving along. Every day I am misrepresenting myself. Am I the apple, the serpent, or the whole damn rib cage? Protecting a man who refused to protect me for years, I've been howling on the inside, raking my soul red and raw with the need to tear this story out of my body. And still, I can't talk about it. This next poem is called, God help us, another douchebag has named his dog Zeus. A puppy nips at his owner's fingers and is not reprimanded because dogs will be dogs. The gangly puppy, two large paws, soon will fuck the neighborhood bitches. He can smell the heat between their legs and does not yet care to master his senses. And the puppy swells into full-grown mutt who, reje who rejects commands like wait and no, but will roll over an unconscious body behind a dumpster and come. The last poem I'll read is called Dane. Imagine a man so insecure, he precipitated his body into piss itself to impress a woman to impress upon her how potent he was, to press into her. Damp and lustful, Zeus slipped through a skylight into a locked chamber and within her lap. Maybe this worked less like magic and more like science, like evaporation, except instead of rising into a cloud, it was Dane. And that rain bore a son who would stone a woman whose only sin was being infiltrated by a man. Thank you. My next guest on the show today is a returning guest that I'm delighted to welcome back and would welcome back to any episode. He always starts his bios noting that he is a shop assistant, but let me assure you that he is a shop assistant whose poetry books include The Fabulous Invention of Barnsley, The Headpoke and Fire Wedding, Portrait of Souls, Stubborn Sod, As Folk Over Yonder, and coming soon from Alien Buddha Press, Kushali. 
He is an incredible supporter of creativity with the Womb Well Rainbow website, which has become a go-to place for what is going on right now in poetry. Recently, you might have seen him over at feversofthemind.com as he has been exploring the power of sonnets and today sharing those sonnets with us. This is the maestro from Wombwell Barnsley, Mr. Paul Brooks. As an egg, I fell to the bottom of a dark world. I dug beneath the flow when hunger's need led me to what falls and lands, what unfurled as my mouth brushes grazed hardness for feed. Sometimes I hid under these hardnesses, when larger mouths turned, tipped others over, as grew, left behind smaller carcasses of myself. At last, my last shook, I must air that blew me to a brighter, warm surface, where these wings dried out. I climbed stems to shed the last part of myself. Now I join the race into swarms to be grabbed, give birth, float dead. I lived most of my life bottom-feeding, the light continued self before yielding. Honduran White Bat Briefly stay in many leaf homes we make. First our teeth cut holes on leaf underside, our feet and thumbs grab hold, our thumbs pull, take it downwards, break some leaf fibres, decide to abandon it. Continue others, I and three more stay with him in one, two long darknesses, then move to another, I cut and reshape other homes, blown through by gust or damaged by heavy rain, I abandon. He often grooms himself, cuts no work on our homes, some groom and work, my baby play shapes a broken leaf. Such sharpen their making skills, use mouth and thumb. Soon they will be shaping their own homespun. Sandling Shanty Stab the sand, my little ones, while it's out. In it comes. Retreat, retreat, my fellows. We flew from cold, my little ones. Watch out. In it comes. Retreat, retreat, my fellows. Yank the worm, my little ones, while it's out. In it comes. Retreat, retreat, my fellows. Stab shells, my little ones. Don't get caught out. In it comes. Retreat, retreat, my fellows. Scurry, scamper, my little ones. Surfs out. In it comes. Retreat, retreat, my fellows. Stab jelly, my little ones. Ebbs out. In it comes. Retreat, retreat my fellows in it comes retreat retreat my fellows in it comes retreat retreat my fellows the alcatho home high in splits cracks and loose tree bark near water i hear it in two ways crash of tumble soft echo in our hunting dark trees are harnesses in our flying dash I may swarm, he may chase me, we may retreat to darker and make young. Suckles in my pouch, then let it hang, while away I skim, leave, snatch, prey, mid-flight, food rustles, crunchy-backed echoes, always hunt echoes, bring back, amongst others know its cry and smell, I hold it in my wings, soon its own wings will learn flight in the dark, its ears know well a landscape of returning sound, nose scent prey, weathered woods, no homes high ascent. Mm -hmm.
the rock pool. Before the tide turns, I wend my own way. Starfish, chew feet, caress my muscle beds. Beadlet, snake locks, anemones stare prey. Sting it with their tentacles, and shore crabs scrupulously pick over carcasses. From under my fringing seaweed shannies and prawns dart to sheltering crevices, overhangs safe and secure nooks and crannies. One minute I am scorched by sharp sunlight, next I am cold enough to ripple shivers. Soon it'll wash over and reunite, soon I'll have new creatures to discover. In the wane I'll have my own way again, every to and fro never the same. sea watch. I watch the sea as the sea watches me, the changing colour of my surfaces, waves blown by gust. What my tides, what my sea, leaves on the shoreline of my many faces, the lagan and flotsam and derelict and jetsam, two boys of my eyes bobbing anchored in a slit of images mixed, always memories waxing and waning. My inside sea, watched by the sea outside, speaks to sea beasts moving in my blood. I rise to where the waves move to imbibe breath before I dive below livelihood. The sea is me, I am the sea watching, I am a dying sea, a dried up thing. Therapy Listen, soft crash of my waves, alter your brain patterns, feel my sand exfoliate your skin as my unevenness makes floor work harder, works your calves and thighs, a state of meditation lulls slow your heartbeat, deepens your breath, my blue sky and sun shoot up your bodies, feel good drugs, my heat and negative ions ensure reboot. I massage the vagus nerve in your neck, enough for all this to happen. Watch fish in rock pools, provide aquariums, check your stress, rejuvenate a hug and kiss. I'm health resort, re-communion, refresher, renewer, good reunion. Having grown up and recently returned to Dublin after 25 years away, I am delighted to welcome another Dubliner to the podcast this evening. A recent winner of the adult unpublished category of the famed Trocra Poetry Ireland competition, she has had work published in The Honest Ulsterman, Skylight 47, Channel Literary Magazine, The Irish Times, Hennessy New Writing and The Wexed Lemon. After studying science, she enjoyed a career in the Irish biotechnology sector before living in Paris and then Edinburgh with her husband and three daughters. Now, back in Dublin, I am delighted to welcome to Eat the Storms, the founding member of Words on the Wind Poetry Group at the Irish Writers' Centre. This is Sinead Griffin. Thank you, Damien. And thank you for inviting me to Eat the Storms. My first poem published in The Honest Ulsterman, is about my grandfather. Grandad was a carpenter who, in his later years, developed Dupuytren's contracture, 
that caused his fingers to curl inwards. We'd visit him every Saturday and he would give me pocket money, which he called my Dulali tap. He was a committed nationalist, so I was surprised to learn that the word Dulali tap has colonial origins. Dulali tap. Coin scooped from pocket with a clawed fist, made rigid by three bent back fingers that gave curl to your carpenter's hands. Grandad, I thought you made it up when you christened my allowance. There's your Dulali tap. Don't spend it all in one shop. Put aside from your pension. That metal meant only pear drops and comics to me. Yet your dictums on death stayed the course. Taught me everyone should keep a small reserve. Colonial slang for madness. Dulalitap sat so happily in your vernacular. Given your credo, it seems at least you were magnanimous about language. My next poem, published in the Heron Clan 8 anthology, was written after I heard my sister singing the hymn The Hiding Place at the funeral of a dear family member. In the weeks following, I was watching a cormorant on the River Dodder on my daily dog walks. The cormorant comes after a death. Black feathers dry, pegged to a line of sky, returned from a dive to the other world underwater, fishing inland for winter, as if it tastes the salt of forecast storms. A cormorant. Perched midstream, past the footbridge on the lower dodder path, beak cocked skywards, wings outstretched in hallelujah pose, mark this church of river with a cross. An instinct stirs the bird to lift off. It does not fly high or far, lands over on the other side where walkers cannot go. Myth has it this seabird can transport the soul, bring back a message. In the space between us, I hear the sound of surfaces flowing with and past each other. River atoms gush. Matter is neither created nor destroyed. Landing in a haven of moss and not a hiding place. Set to regurgitate by moonlight, Pellets of fragment and bone. Sadness, a fish I must swallow whole. My next poem was published in Channel magazine. My husband and I met studying science at university. He still likes to explain. I like to dream. Earth Sky, Valentine. I point a star blazing west after sunset, white beams that crystallise blueberry skies. Not a star, you say. In fact, that is Venus, hot and hellish up close, no sign of life. Do I know that Venus spins backwards and only appears brightest due to the bounce of sun off cloud? Clouds charged with, guess what? Sulfuric acid. Imagine. I'd rather not. For once can we forget about science 
allow Venus as mother of Cupid, goddess of love, be guide for the sweethearts, the beloved. My final poem is called The Table and it won the Trocra Poetry Ireland competition adult unpublished category this year. The theme was Pathways to Peace and the poem came about as I tried to answer my daughter's question. What do you know about the Gaza conflict? The table. Rockets crumble tower blocks. You watch white bandages flood red. Burials of rubble. Seventeen, daughter. You ask me what I know. I know war is intimate to its people. I know the fire of burnt tongues. I know the language of the dispossessed. Digested at the gathered meals of childhood, rhetoric before fact. I've heard the whir of patriots spinning in their graves. Family places, the sack of Balbriggan, Wicklow notice to quit. Tribal songs, though I was small, I had all the words. I think of your Montessori, a respect for self, others, place, a table, two chairs, one polished river stone. Who holds the stone can speak their feelings, who doesn't, listens, waits their turn. I know it matters what we teach our children. A river pebble made smooth by abrasion flows back and forth person to person, eye to eye, over the sole of a tree. A crossroads for all tongues, the table, made sacred by people, those seated around, not under it, cowering for cover. Thank you very much. Last, but by no means least, on the podcast today, we have the author of six full-length poetry collections, including The End of Summer, Birth of Autumn, and his most recent, which was called Haiku of Life. He is the co-host of the spoken word open mic night called Speak Easy, the editor and host of the podcast series Spoken Label and Reading in Bed, both available on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple and Anchor, and is a performer of ambient music under the name Ocean in a Bottle. I am so pleased to welcome to Eat the Storms from Manchester, the writer, performer and podcast creator, Andy N. Hi, my name is Andy N. I am born and bred in the Manchester area of the United Kingdom. I have published a variety of poetry books over the years. I co-run an open mic spoken word night called Speak Easy. And I also do a podcast series called Spoken Label, which is designed to interview and chat to writers and artists of various kinds, primarily poets. I'm going to read a variety of poems today from the various books I've done and a few forthcoming projects. First of all, 
This is from my second poetry book. This is called Kissing My Every Scent. First, you wore my cardigan, then my socks. Mingle with my thermal coat before curling up with my umbrella. Stroked my slippers and counted the buttons on my shirt. Warmed your hands with my gloves and twisted my scarf into knots. Embracing my absence, kissing my every scent. Okay, moving on. My second piece is, this is from thy third book, The Birth of Autumn. This is a poem called Threads of the Jumper. And this is touching on memories of my mother. Whatever happened to Anne from Cleveland's, who you met on holiday with your parents just after your brother was born and held your hand throughout that night when all three of them nearly drowned? Barbara, who was the younger daughter of your old history teacher from high school who everybody disowned in the playground after her brother got sent off for fighting and cost her school the cup final. Jude, who you worked with at Woolworths, who wouldn't speak to you for two weeks after you went to your Christmas do there, when a husband made a move on you after five pints of lager and three whiskies. Max, who moved to Australia when she hit 45 with that fresh start after her divorce. Or Rose, who you went to IT classes with just after you both retired only to fuse a PC within 10 minutes of your first lesson. Memories I still have of you, closed like shut warehouses, shaking your head furiously with animated anger and sometimes a muted tear. Sat there with a fountain pen, looking every inch to thoughtful poet, instead of a crossword scribbler, lost in the floodlights of a decade of an eventful life. As your pen crossed out people, you knew once upon a time, like moments pulled out of sequence, wish you smile like quietly and whisper thank you, calling their friendship, carrying their dreams, lost in sleeplessness memories, tied in relationships, stuffed with man-made threads, dangling of jumpers, carried off memories, Underlining your background, whether at the end of summer or in the heart of a frantic Christmas. Now on to something forthcoming. A few of you know already, my partner, formerly known Amanda Steele, is now my wife, Amanda Nicholson. And we have done a couple of split books together over the last few years. This Next piece is from our next forthcoming collection, which is due out in November, called The Christmas Tree Lights Were All We Could See. And this is something a bit more supernatural, because supernatural rules in my mind. And this is a piece simply called Winter and Only Winter. Winter was the only season they could be together. Not spring with the awakening animals or summer, with the endless green fields that led from the coastline to the city 
but winter. Not autumn and bonfires and fireworks that lit up the sky like an exploding aeroplane, but winter. When the snow began to come down and they could kiss in the snow and walk on the beach. Winter, and only winter, when the skies began to darken quicker and she could not be afraid of the sunlight constantly and he could wander over there, not afraid to bring unwanted light into her cave. Winter was the only season they could be together, from November to February, and walk in the fields at 3pm each day, knowing the world could not stop them being together. Not summer were the sunbathers, who would run onto the beach at each every dawn until dusk, and laugh at others who stood there, afraid to step out of the shadows to join them. Winter, and only winter, when the mood quickened, when she could feed without fear, and he could hold her in his arms afterwards to calm her down in the ice-cold rain until her guilt faded away. Winter was the only season they could be together, right up until they left her, after watching her fall asleep again, pale as a ghost, churning towards the land of shadows in between life. The last piece I'm going to do today is from my next poetry book. This open well should be out in 2022, although it has been taking a while, so it might be even later than that yet. The book in question is Changing Carriages at Birmingham New Street. The poem I'm going to do today from this is called Your Father's Records. And it's the base of the book is about the story of a couple that got together as adults, as been friends as children. And this deals with the death of the female character's father just afterwards. Your father's records. It wasn't much to show, was it, Sarah? For a lifetime shopping. Just a few classic albums from your dad. The rest been sold off for beers when your mum stopped his beer tab. And your old sister dropped off in a box about stopping. I felt sorry for him. Do you remember me telling you, Sarah? covered in fingerprints, clearly dragged off to the record shop and placed back on the shelf there when nobody could touch them or deal with his abusive behaviour. Making me recall the way he must have felt when he bought them home originally, before he started cheating on your mum and started spending more and more money in the pub and ignoring all of you as you grew up and needed him, perched in his emotions when he put them back in the huff afterwards. Almost like Al Green's, call me, come back home. Or Simple Minds' don't you forget about me, clearly skipping through his thoughts when he then died in his mistress's arms, saying almost, my memories are now yours. We are almost at the end of today's show, which leaves me with just enough time to leave you with two final poems. Last week was the first book anniversary of my debut pamphlet, Eat the Storms, which was published by the Hedgehog Poetry Press in September 2020. I celebrated its book birthday with a glorious cast of Zoom creatives and a wonderfully, fantastically supportive audience. 
And one of the guests, Gaynor Kane, read one of my poems from the collection, which I'd almost forgotten about. So I'm going to read that poem for you here today. It's called Rising Through the Rickety Reds. When I was 16, still living at home in Dublin, still confused and closeted in the ignorant and early end of the 1990s, one summer I stripped the carpet from my bedroom floor, stained the wood, pulled down the wallpaper and painted the walls red. At the time, I thought this was just about me expressing, expressing my creativity. Looking back on it now, I think it was a cry. The soul simply saying I'd had enough. The final poem I'm going to leave you with is one of the most recent poems, which I wrote just yesterday, actually, after looking at some photographs that I took recently of the last late light slicing through the blades of grass along a cliff that leads down to the coast over at the local village of Lochshinny, here in North County Dublin. Rising through the rickety reds. I laid on the floor and touched the marble perfume of the ocean as it washed over me. Waves of flying feathers. A fluid fire of salted foam. I kissed the poison of your lips once and did not die as you came over me, next to me, inside of me. Decay is not a breaking blue, not a pout of ruby red. I have drowned more before on quiet corners in safe seats in non-comforting crowds. Dozens, all searching for their own spotlight in place of a single soul. Spirit is often lost in too much light, and I wonder if the blind can see better. The day can be a dark dance. Fathers, can decay in a garden where hope cannot win out over weeds. Mothers are sometimes made beyond the cord that was cut from the blossom of another's labour. Bleeding can be a rite of passage, like letting go, moving on. Blood is not always a thicker bond, and flowers can find a rhythm in a rickety red room where the will is willing to wait and not be waited. We cannot all be angels, but we can rise upon the air we eat, the touch we have tasted, the flesh we have crept from, swept from, found a fondness for, even in rooms where naked blushes on the walls we have washed with waves of a red, raw hope that finds root in a simple light.
Blades of late light. Late light is mischievous when wave is a neighbor to the coast. Sharp, like a butcher's edge. Silver slices the blades of this garden. Roots rustle under the weight of all that must surrender to the blue. Grass shivers, as if understanding the reason now for dissension when the cannon's already blown out. Late light is mischievous. And the sky a meander of distraction under which we fall absorbed by billowing clouds. Stuffed pillows of noxious carbon we choke happy. But we're never bound to space or star. Here, at the far end of this near field that's grown smaller since step rounded that spiral. Late light is mischievous. We drink our destiny like we had a hand in the creation of its tannins, but all we did was turn it to acid. Bile. A rejection of a fool's stomach while the tides work their way along this coast. Cliff. The corner of this field we've laid claim to. Where the roots have long been rustling. Late. Light. Is mischievous. Non-conformers and non-believers, gender X and gender equals, we've reached the end of another episode of Eat the Storms, the poetry podcast. My name is Damien B. Donnelly and I've been your host and producer and I would like to say a huge thank you to today's guests, Liam Porter, Lainey Stabile, Paul Brooks, Sinead Griffin and Andy N. As usual, for details of all my guests, you can head on over to www.eatthestorms.com. Click on the podcast section and there you will find a listing for all of our episodes. This has been episode 12, season 3. We have three more episodes now left of this season before we take a break and come back with you again at the end of this year. We will definitely be having another Christmas special and if you would like to join us, or if you know a poet that needs a push in the direction of a podcast, then please email me at eatthestorms.yahoo.com. This is a platform for anybody and everybody who likes, loves and writes poetry. You do not have to have peers, pamphlets or even a collection to join us here on the show. Just a love for poetry and the ability to record yourself reading it. Thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in today. Whether you've tuned in on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Podbean, Player FM, Radio Public, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, or even iTunes. This is a podcast produced on the Anchor platform, which has been a fantastic and foolproof way to produce a podcast. 
especially for a pattern maker like me who's more used to putting together a pair of trousers or a wedding dress than a technical podcast production. Now, speaking of podcasts, over in Wales there is a new podcast on the block called the Dylan Thomas Birthplace Podcast hosted by poets Iqmal Malik and Matthew M.C. Smith in connection with Frequency House, Black Bow Poetry and Birthplace. Currently on SoundCloud you can tune into their pilot episode right now which is actually recorded in the home of Dylan Thomas where these two poets and publishing press founders talk about their work their influences and their drive to open poetry up to everyone. With guests planned for future episodes, you cannot miss this eavesdrop into poets, their styles, what inspires them and where they want to see poetry going in the future, while surrounded by the poetic ghosts of Wales's finest. Okay, that's it for me for today. I will be back with you again next week with more glorious guests. So in the meantime, be great, be glamorous, catch the leaves, change colours, we shift seasons, and most of all, of course, stay bloody poetic!